If we took a holiday, and we did a giveaway, lots of chances for you to win. It'll give you, it'll give you a big old grin. It's that time, dear friend. It is our holiday giveaway, which Whitney and I are so excited to share with you because we have so much cool stuff that you have a chance to win. I just, Whitney, I'm kind of bursting at the seams, not because I'm still full on leftovers from Thanksgiving. Oh, I am as well. I am so excited. And don't forget, this is not just a holiday giveaway. This is also our one year anniversary with this podcast celebratory giveaway. And we want to make sure that you, the listener, get a chance at winning some of the amazing things we've included. You can go visit wellevator.com slash giveaway to enter right now. Again, that's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com slash giveaway. Do I need to spell that out too? I might as well. G-I-V-E-A-W-A. Wait, wait a second. I screwed it up. I screwed up the word giveaway. Let me do this again. G-I-V-E-A-W-A-Y. There you go wellvader.com slash giveaway. Check it out. We have amazing prizes for you from incredible companies that we've talked about on the show. If you've had some FOMO, fear of missing out, if you've heard us talk about brands and you've been eyeing them for a while, this is your opportunity to get them for free. Super high value, tons of incredible wellness brands. Go check it out at wellevator.com slash giveaway. Please don't ask me to spell it again. It's said that your real life begins where your comfort zone ends. Well, it's about to get real as we have radically authentic conversations to help you thrive in your personal and professional life while navigating the twists and turns of being human. Buckle up, because This Might Get Uncomfortable starts right now with Jason Robel and Whitney Lauritsen. Over the course of this podcast, I have dropped a lot of teasers and not spoiler alerts. If you're a longtime listener, this may be something that you are like, oh, I remember, yes, they've talked about this. If you're a first-time listener, then this is all new to you and welcome to This Might Get Uncomfortable. So. The thing that I'm alluding to is my ever-growing desire to leave Los Angeles after I've lived here for nearly 14 years. I'm coming up on my 14-year anniversary, and it's something that behind the scenes I've spoken to Whitney about. I've spoken to my mom, my mentor, Michael, a lot of the sort of key people that we've sprinkled about this podcast and the most important people in my life. And I went and did something I don't remember if I've mentioned it in previous episodes here, but back in October of 2020, I scheduled something called an astrocartography reading. And kind of from a macro perspective, I'm into astrology, not super deep in it. I don't think I get very much past what's your sun sign, what's your rising, what's your moon. My understanding, I guess, of astrology in general is not something that's super advanced, although I find it very, very fascinating when people do go deep and riff on it and are really, I suppose, advanced at being able to interpret your natal chart, as they call it. So this astrocartography reading, from the way that I can 
try to best describe what this is. Astrocartography is the means of reading one's astrological chart. And we're talking about Western now. I know there's different kinds of astrology. There's apparently Vedic astrology. I've never had my Veda chart read, but we're talking about, I guess, traditional, more Western astrology here, where you take your birth chart and you look at the lines of where the planets and different uh, astrological bodies were intersecting on the earth at the time of your birth. So when you'd get your chart read, or in this case, I'm going to go a little deeper into astrocartography, you submit the city where you were born, the time you were born, the exact time, like to the minute. So mine was like 7.55 AM, the time zone you were born. And basically, it pulls up this chart, and then they transpose Again, where your sun, your moon, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Pluto, all the major planets. But then they also look at, if you go really deep into this, where other astrological bodies like comets were passing by during the time of your birth. So you can actually get a free chart started with this process. I went to astro.com. We'll link to that in the show notes for this episode at wellevator.com. If you haven't visited our website yet, dear listener, it's W E L L. EVATR.com. We have links to all of the show notes, including for this episode and everything we're referencing. You can dig in deep and find all of those extended learning links there. So, anyway, astro.com, you go there and you get a free chart. But then, if you type in the search box and put in astrocartography, you can plug in all of your information. It brings up a world map, an entire map of the globe, where you can see where there are some really interesting intersections like where there's a sun and moon crossing, or where there's uh, perhaps a Jupiter-Neptune crossing. Now, my interpretation of these is rudimentary at best, which is why I went ahead and found someone to do an astrocartography reading for myself and also my partner, Laura. And some really, really fascinating stuff came up and some unexpected places. So the purpose of doing this, to go back to the beginning of this episode, is I've been really thinking about leaving Los Angeles and wondering well, okay, I've been here 14 years. It kind of feels like home, but I'm ready for a change. Where the hell should I go? And I've joked offline about it's kind of become a cliche how many Angelinos and New Yorkers are moving to Austin, Texas. That <laughs> I wonder if there are any Austinites or Texans listening to this podcast, if they want to chime in in the comments for this episode or even send us a DM. But it's fascinating to me how many people are moving to Texas, specifically Austin. So with this astrocartography reading, it was basically saying, okay, I want to know where are there really harmonious aspects? Like, Are there any crossings and intersections that are particularly potent in terms of creativity and community and career success? And conversely, where are some places we should absolutely avoid? So to dig into this, it's, it's really... <laughs> There's some wild shit that came up in here. I mean, stuff that I was like, oh, okay, that kind of makes sense. I've always been drawn to that particular place. There was a few of those. But then there was others I was like, I've never considered moving there in my life. And kind of curious to investigate a couple of these places that were, for me at least, like out of left field, you know, like, wow, I never ever considered that place. And the reason that I wanted to do it with my partner, Laura, who I've mentioned on the podcast and we've talked about a bit, is my hope and intention is we continue to move forward in our relationship and wanting to investigate not only the places on the planet that might be harmonious for me in different aspects, but also to see if there was any overlap for her. Or conversely, right, if there was a place that was amazing for me, but totally shit for her. Like, 
so it was it was kind of a dual a dual motivation in doing this and i've had readings in the past just a regular chart reading but i'd never gone super deep into astro cartography so boy i've got some really interesting notes and want to kind of go through this um so first of all like the 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 one place that both of us were feeling super super drawn to and that I've again mentioned here mentioned on Instagram and some of my videos as well is the Pacific Northwest I've always felt just like a really lovely natural grounded fresh energy up in Oregon and Washington there's just something super unique about the lay of the land and the climate and how lush the forests are there it always feels like I don't know, just very calm and grounded and peaceful when I'm in Oregon and Washington. So interestingly, just kind of as a jump off point, because Laura loves that place too, we're like, oh yeah, tell us about the Pacific Northwest. Essentially, it is full of community connections and food, nourishment on multiple levels, and good for visibility professionally. That could mean a variety of things because I am kind of shifting my focus away from food and chefing exclusively to other things. So visibility professionally could mean a variety of different things. But interestingly, in the Pacific Northwest, the specific place he said where there's like tons of mojo, I believe that's the term he uses, just like so much energetic mojo, was Vancouver Island. And I've always wanted to go to Vancouver. I never considered Vancouver Island, but apparently like the western tip of that island, which is, I don't know how to pronounce this, Nanaimo? Nanaimo, I think is how it's pronounced. Apparently there's just like a shit ton of positive energy. Wait, isn't that where Paul Jarvis lives and Dave Asprey, perhaps? I know Paul does. I don't know if Dave Asprey lives there. I thought Dave lived in Seattle. I don't know. Am I missing something? Has Dave dropped that bomb before and I just missed it? I thought that Paul said that and he might live on like, I could be getting him confused with somebody similar to Dave Asprey, but I feel like that's what Paul said. Interesting. So apparently then there's... (laughs) A few people we know that already live there. We have a great episode. Speaking of Paul Jarvis, he was a guest in a previous episode. And you, dear listener, can find that in our show notes, a link to that episode. And I just looked it up. And yes, as of 2018, there are some articles that reference him living on Vancouver Island. So there you go. Interesting. Interesting. The excitement of investigating this, Whitney, was palpable because it was kind of a left field thing during this reading of like, ooh, like exotic, interesting Vancouver Island. Of course, at the time that we are recording and releasing this podcast, it is not easy to get into Canada from the US. There's a lot of restrictions at the border. And perhaps as we go into uh, 2021, those will be lifted depending on what happens with vaccinations and lifting of restrictions. So it's one of those things that's a little bit in the future in terms of travel because I want to go and investigate. I want to vibe out. I would love to see Paul, maybe knock on Dave's door and be like, let's make a smoothie. (laughs) But any Canadian travel is just going to have to wait. So the most potent place that we found during this reading for both of us was Vancouver Island. Like the guy who did the reading was over the moon about it. He's like, you guys got to check it out. You have to go there. There's so much good energy there. So that's the first place that's like, ooh. Again, he said positive energy, unconditional love, and a massive Jupiter influence for us there. So that's kind of at the top of the list of like, there's a building energy there. There's a grounded energy there. Home life is strong. Connection to animals. 
great. I would like to invite a few goats and maybe a pig into my life. <laughs> so yeah, so Vancouver Island was definitely at the top of the list. The other place that I've also never been to, and this was the cool thing Whitney was like, a lot of things that I was like, hmm, scratching my chin like, that's an interesting choice. The other place that really popped out at the top of the list of having good mojo is the big island in Hawaii. And I've never been, I've only been to Maui and Kauai. And I really liked Kauai a lot. That's where uh, one of our mutual good friends, Ellie Keats, lives. We hope to have her on the podcast soon. That's in the works for the future. And apparently on the big island, there's a strong magnetic attraction of attracting people with strong personalities. It's a center of growth and bounty. I like that, growth and bounty. And deep spiritual work because of, I guess there's a strong Pluto connection, which leads to, I guess, major personal growth and a deeper sense of spirituality. So again, one of those things of like, ooh, okay, definitely want to book some travel time to go investigate the big island. And I've always wanted to go anyway. It's one of those things of, I would at some point like to investigate and visit all of the Hawaiian islands. So I suppose the big island is a good place to make that reconnection with Hawaiian culture. Do you ever like... <laughs> I write down notes sometimes so quickly that in moments it's difficult to read my own writing, which I feel like I need to slow down when I do note taking, but I get so excited that I don't want to miss anything. So I'm having trouble like reinterpreting my own notes in this moment. Okay. So another really interesting one, and I've talked about this too, and Whitney knows this, my good friends know this, that I am obsessed with Japanese culture in terms of my favorite cuisine of all time is Japanese food. I love the design aesthetics of the way Japanese artisans design their knives and the cars and the artwork. There's just a really wonderful sort of wabi-sabi aesthetic to a lot of artistry and creations in Japan that I really resonate with. And I really kind of wonder sometimes if in a past life I was Japanese or lived in Japan because I feel such a strong connection to it. So brought up Japan during this reading and he was saying that there's like really specific places in Japan that as a country or an island, it's not like just move to Japan and you'll be great. He said that specifically Sapporo, Japan, and I hope I pronounce this right, Hakodate, there's a warm, natural, pure energy, powerful sense of aesthetics, and lots of yummy energy and yummy food. So he said specifically, you got to go to Sapporo, Hakodate, and in Kyoto, which is another city I've always wanted to go to there, he said that there's a strong Neptune influence, which leads to a lot of magic and a feeling of home. It's funny because I'm getting this reading done and I'm furiously scrambling to write all these notes down. And then I'm thinking like, man, I need to set a travel budget aside because these are not places that are necessarily all that close. Japan's a pretty long plane ride, although Big Island and Vancouver Island aren't too far away. But anyway, as I'm reading through this, I'm like, damn, I got to set aside a travel budget for 2021. And okay, so so for shits and giggles, I was like, let's look at some of my lineage, right? Let's look at Eastern Europe, like specifically Poland. And I also noticed in the chart that there were some really funky, weird, interesting intersections in Russia. So I said, okay, what about Poland? Because that's my mom's side of the family. What about Russia? Because there seems to be some activity there. He said, yeah, you don't want to relocate to Russia or Poland. I said, why? He said, there's just there's a lot of trauma there in your family lineage. He said, you could probably deal with it, but you're probably already dealing with enough lineage stuff as we all are. He said, so I don't really think Eastern Europe would be a wise 
decision. It's going to be really painful for you if you decide to relocate to Poland. Whoa, that's interesting. Isn't it, though? Yeah. He was super adamant, though, Whitney, about like, yeah, don't go to your birthplaces. Puerto Rico, too. He was like, there's some kind of heavy energy there for you with your lineage, and I just don't recommend you go there unless you want to be focused exclusively on doing lineage healing. But if I'm going to relocate from LA, I don't think I necessarily want to go to a place where there's that amount of heavy lineage cleaning to do. As I mentioned, just because I feel like I'm already focusing on healing a lot of stuff around my dad and that side of the family. So yeah, he was very adamant. Like, you can go visit, but don't relocate to Eastern Europe. (laughs) It would be a bad idea. Okay, so some other interesting things popped out that I did not expect in this reading. So as I mentioned, I was excited about Vancouver Island, excited about the Big Island, super excited about Japan. And then he busts out, he's like, have you ever been to South Korea? I said, no, but when I see videos of Seoul, it looks like a really cool city. Although it hasn't been in that same echelon for me as I suppose the kind of magnetism I feel when I think about Japan. He said, yeah. He said, specifically Southern South Korea, like the Southern tip of South Korea. There's again, a feeling of home for you, similar to Japan, but different. And that there's going to be a strong community for you, a strong creative community. And I thought, wow, you know, South Korea has never been on my list. But interestingly, the day before this astrocartography reading, I was watching a Netflix series, and I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but Laura was like, you got to watch this food series because it's kind of like this guy from New Jersey travels around the world and meets people in different cultures and tries their cuisine, kind of like Anthony Bourdain style. And the episode was about South Korea. And I thought, man, the music scene feels cool there. Seoul feels like a really vibrant city. It seems like they have a lot of really interesting plant-based food there. So then the next day, he's like, oh yeah, you need to check out South Korea, which I thought was just interesting serendipity. Other surprises on this list. And there's a couple here, Whitney, that I was like, you always laugh because you know what my face looks like when I do this. The listener may not, but kind of like a, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. Like the emoji with the teeth bearing. Yes. Yeah, I have my version of that teeth-bearing emoji. So (laughs) these were two that I was like, are you sure? He's like, no, really, like you should check it out. And I was like, okay, just go ahead. Tell me. Virginia, Whitney, Virginia. (laughs) I was like. I mean, Virginia is pretty. I mean, why do you say it like that? (laughs) Because I don't have a negative mindset on Virginia. I think I stayed in West Virginia on my road trip and it was really lovely, actually, West Virginia specifically. It was like a literal hurricane was happening when I was on that part of my road trip, but it cleared up by the next day and it was like incredibly beautiful where I was staying. Would it be a place you would consider relocating to? I mean, that's traveling through, right? And enjoying the natural beauty and community is one thing. But would it be a part of the country where you're like, yeah, I could see myself moving there? Hmm. It's so hard to say because I struggle with this too. I think I'm still very attached to Los Angeles or being in a bigger city. But this year has changed so much that I don't know if I would miss being in a city that much. I really don't know. And I think this is another part of the equation, the difference between being somewhere temporary versus somewhere long-term. And 
that's like my big struggle if I was ever going to leave Los Angeles, which I'm sure, I mean, the word ever (laughs) is probably not the best word here because I don't intend on staying in Los Angeles the rest of my life, but I do really enjoy a lot of it. And I remember when I was doing that trip and away from LA for two months, I felt a little nervous about coming back and I wondered how I would feel. But the same thing happened that happens to me every time I've left Los Angeles for an extended amount of time, which is I come back and I immediately reintegrate and I'm like, okay, great. This is the city. I don't come here and I think, ugh, like I can't believe I live here. I actually never feel that way about LA. The only time actually in my history of living in Los Angeles that I felt that was when I moved to San Francisco for a year. And I was really contemplating living in New York City. And this is in 2010, so 10 plus years ago at this point. But I think I wanted to move to New York City because it had always been a dream of mine. And it actually like makes me a little sad thinking about because back then I was thinking of leaving my car at my grandparents' home in New Jersey. And like it was just so sweet because my grandparents were just so incredibly supportive and I like didn't want to get rid of my car. And I was thinking, where would I put my car if I moved there? You know? <laughs> and my grandparents lived an hour outside of New York City. And we had this like temporary plan that I would park it in their driveway and I could come back and visit them and use my car whenever. But that never happened. And instead, I moved to San Francisco because I started dating a guy that lived there. And after doing, I think, like seven months of long distance, then I moved there. But that was the really the only time that I wanted to leave. And I remember, Jason, back when you and I were dating, cut to 2012, I came back to LA because you and I started dating. And that was like a big push for me. That wasn't the only reason. I think I'd already been considering it. But then you and I got really interested in each other. And then I made that decision that it was a good time to move back here. And I remember coming back to LA after that extended period of time away and just feeling so excited because as much as I love San Francisco, it just wasn't a fit for me. And what I kept thinking about when I was there from 2010 to 2000, wait, maybe that was 2011 through 2012. That makes more sense. The whole time I was in San Francisco, I was like, this is a really great city, but it's not a fit for me. And it felt too slow. So to answer your question about Virginia, like, I mean, if San Francisco felt slow to me, I can't really imagine living outside of any major city. But then again, that was almost 10 years ago when I was living there. So it's really tricky. That was really my only experience moving away from Los Angeles. And it just didn't last that long. And I'm curious for you, Jason, because you talk about it so much that if you'll feel similarly, LA is constantly changing just like any city is. And I think it's just tricky when you're so used to being in this type of environment. Of course, there's drawbacks to being here. Of course, like there are times I get aggravated by the like hustle and bustle, you know, and like, it's so nice to leave and explore nature and all of that. But at a certain point, I start to yearn for more of that experience of just having so much access. A great example too, Jason, (laughs) I was just messaging a friend of mine over the past 24 hours. Two friends have 
raved about Grocery Outlet, which is a store I haven't been to in a long time. And I love Grocery Outlet. For the listener, if you have a Grocery Outlet in your area, which is actually most of the West Coast and a few spots in other parts of the country, it's such a great store. And I just I'm amused by literally less than 24 hours, two big conversations with a Grocery Outlet lover friends of mine. And I'm like, gosh, you know, I'd love to go to Grocery Outlet, but it's so far away. (laughs) And it's literally probably five miles away from me. And I'm like, gosh, that's so far. You know, (laughs) like, I don't know if I could live somewhere, Jason, where a vegan restaurant or a favorite grocery store is that far away from me. To your point, would Virginia be a good fit long term? Like, I'm sure you'll find other things, but do you really want to live in an area where you don't have access to the restaurants and grocery stores and things like that? Like, I'm genuinely asking you, like, how would you feel about that long term? I mean, I think my desires are changing as I go on to answer your question in the sense that maybe this year, 2020, has, I think, in many ways, forced us to get really creative, not just in doing this podcast remotely, because in the beginning we were doing this exclusively in person. Whitney and I would only record episodes in our studio and have guests over to the studio. So kind of in the framework of pivoting or adjusting to these changes, hmm, how do I explain this? I really miss concerts. I really miss going out to dinner with a large group of friends. Like you and I were doing this with a group at Pura Vida, you know, semi-regularly. You know, we'd get together with a tight group of friends and go out and have a meal. And I miss certain things, but at the same time, I've learned to live without them. So the question that keeps coming up for me, Wit, is why am I staying in LA? Whereas I think for most of the time I've been here, it's been pretty clear that the benefits of being here, or at least my reasons for being here, outweighed the irritations or the frustrations that I would feel. But I think that that's flipped. And I think it's flipped because the cost of living being what it is here for me And the traffic and the density and the air quality and all the wildfires. I mean, I don't want to harangue like all the challenges of being in Southern California. We know what they are. It's a wonderful place, but it also has a ton of challenges. And I think for me, it's just that in my mind, the advantages or the benefits of being here, at least mentally for me, have decreased while the things that rankle me or harangue me feel like they've increased. It's like when you take away the concerts and the music scene and you take away the ability to go out to eat with friends and you take away the gatherings and the clubs and I don't know, you take away a lot of the aspects this year that make Los Angeles interesting to live in. It's been so much less interesting to be here when those things aren't available. Does that make sense? It's like, those are some of the things that I love about being here and having access to. But now that they're completely off the table and have been off the table for over nine months, I'm like, okay, well, I can go live in the woods then. Bye. (laughs) And to your point, Whitney, maybe I would go move to, I don't know, Vancouver Island and live in nature and be hankering or wanting to have the city experience. But I think my vision is that I want to be more in nature and away from a city but not so far away where it's like, all right, honey, you want to go out to eat? Well, buckle up. It's going to take an hour. I don't want to necessarily drive an hour to go out to eat whenever that becomes available again. But I also know that having been in big cities most of my whole life, Detroit, Chicago, New York, Bay Area, LA, 
I feel like I'm burnt on cities. And I think you and I are in totally different spot mental spaces in that regard where you're like, oh yeah, I'm back in the LA groove and you're feeling it where I'm like, eh, I'm ready to go and I've been ready to go. The only reason I haven't left yet is I'm not clear yet about where I want to go. And hence this astrocartography reading, which was like, I want to consult with someone who can like give me a little deeper insight into maybe where there's some interesting energy for me. And I have been to Virginia and I have been to West Virginia, by the way. And I thought both of them were really beautiful to back up what you were saying, Whitney. But it wasn't an energy of, I really need to move here. I remember when I was doing the Wanderlust tour, what year was this? 2017. And one of the venues that I got booked to speak at was in West Virginia. And the way that they were structuring the Wanderlust tour at that time is they didn't have shuttles or vans that would pick you up from the airport. They would reimburse you for a rental car and you would drive from the Virginia airport to the destination. It was like a two and a half hour drive. So I got to see a lot of rural Virginia and West Virginia on that trip. And gorgeous. I mean, absolutely beautiful, but just not my flavor. So when he said Virginia, I was like, mm, head scratch. Maybe I haven't seen the right places in West Virginia. He said specifically, look at Blacksburg and look at the Blue Ridge Mountains. And I thought, interesting. I've never been to the Blue Ridge Mountains. Well, I drove through there. I guess I didn't talk to you about this, but that was a part of my journey from West Virginia down to the Asheville, North Carolina area, which is another area I could see you living in. You have or have never been to Asheville? I have only been to North Carolina in, what's the big city? In Nor not Raleigh-Durham. Charlotte. Charlotte. Thank you. Charlotte. Yeah. yeah. I've only been to Charlotte. Well, I mean, Asheville is really nice. And I loved being there. I was so excited to go back there because I visited my mother's cousin who I hadn't seen since I went to Asheville for the first time on a business trip, which was like, gosh, I don't know what year that was, like 2014 or 15. And I had dreamed about going back there. And then when I did my road trip, I thought, I got to go back. Like, I'll just go a little off of my route. And then like coincidentally, my mom's cousin was able to meet me and I camped in her driveway in my Tesla. But before I camped overnight, we met up in this tiny town outside of Asheville. So I actually didn't end up going into the downtown Asheville area, which is fine because I liked going somewhere else. And I can't remember the name. I can look it up for you, Jason. But it was like the sweetest little town. And just like being there made me feel so at ease. There was tons of vegan options at the restaurants. There were all these great little stores. It was just this sweet energy. And to come back to the Blue Ridge Mountains, I had seen them on a map and read about them in some like must-see places for road trips. And it was really beautiful. It wasn't quite as like in your face amazing as I thought it was going to be. But it was actually great timing because it was fall and there were very few cars on the road. I don't know if it was just the time of year or because of COVID, but I was like the only car for stretches and it was hours and hours of driving, like at least four hours of this part of the drive. And I didn't even do the entire thing. The Blue Ridge Mountains are very remote, though. So it depends where you would live, Jason. <laughs> like, it's definitely kind of the middle of nowhere. But I love how I just said definitely kind of, I guess, <laughs> meaning like it depends how you define the middle of nowhere. 
But I would say looking into somewhere at the Blue Ridge Mountains where they come close to Asheville, I don't know if they end there or not, but I think the end or the beginning, depending on your perspective, is somewhere around Asheville. And it's just like a very feel-good part of the country. And it's interesting talking about this because after doing my drive, I got to see so much of the country and feel it out energetically. And I would say out of all the places I went, that was one of the areas that I felt the most at peace and kind of like comforted, I suppose. I think comfort is a really good way to describe that part of the country for me. That's interesting. I feel like Asheville's been on my list for so long, simply because I've heard of the great food and the co-ops there and the independent musicians and that it's beautiful. And we have two friends, Jay and Joy, who have a really cool brand called the Jingslingers who have relocated to Asheville. I haven't caught up with them in a while and I've been meaning to actually. And they're a set of friends that I would love to go visit next year. I feel like we have some friends scattered across the country in different parts. And 2021, again, I feel like is going to be a, hopefully, who the hell knows? If anything, if anything this, this year has taught us, it's like, we don't know shit. We don't know what's going to happen. But I would like to set a gentle aim and intention to have 2021 be a year of very intentional travel, like going to specific places and knowing exactly why I'm going and going there for a specific reason. But Asheville is a place I've always wanted to go. So some other places, Whitney, and I'm curious if you stopped in, if you want to jump in at any point of any of these other places, but I basically gave the astrocartographer a cornucopia, a venerable plethora of places, because I was curious. There's a lot of places you and I have been to, Whitney, on our road trips, places I've been by myself. And was always curious, again, kind of going back to this conversation of, well, it's nice to visit, but what if I thought about living there? So Nashville is a place that's been coming up a lot because one of our previous guests and good friends, James Kyson, moved there with his wife, Jamie, and his family and absolutely loves Nashville. Like He's just raving about Nashville. And I know, again, there's a lot of Detroiters and people from the music scene when I played in Detroit who have relocated to Nashville because the music scene is so strong there. And again, the cuisine, I've heard the people are great, the weather. So put Nashville on the list. And he's like, eh, it's pretty unsteady for you. And it's going to be similar energy f- to Detroit, which I thought was so interesting, just based on the sheer number of people from Detroit that I know that have relocated to Nashville. So apparently the energy in Nashville is similar to Detroit in certain ways. And maybe that's why Detroiters are drawn there. Who knows? Nashville was definitely like, don't go to Nashville. He was like, visit, but don't live there. (laughs) You know, I don't have any major experience of Nashville. I literally drove right through it on my way to Memphis. And I was kind of surprised because I have been hearing a lot about Nashville over the years and never felt super drawn to go there. I think it's because it's so music oriented. That's not my focus. So it sounds kind of cool from like a creative standpoint, like I think it'd be really neat, especially for you, Jason, given that you have so much passion for music. But then the problem is it's kind of like LA in a lot of senses where if you work in the entertainment industry, it feels like you're a small fish in a big pond. And energetically, that might be really challenging. But on the other hand, you're connected to so many incredible people. Like there's opportunities left and right to collaborate and to learn and to stretch yourself. In terms of the energy, I would say from like photos and social media posts, 
Nashville actually feels really cool. It feels appealing to me. But when I drove through it, it felt incredibly hectic. Granted, I was on the highway, but me being (laughs) very sensitive energetically, I distinctly remember being like, I cannot wait to get away from this area. Like it was so intense. It was one of the few places where I felt really uncomfortable driving. And I did not expect to feel that way. And granted, I'm not going to make a whole assessment on Nashville based on that 20 minute or so experience I had. But I think it's still something to pay attention to if you're very sensitive to something versus other areas I drove through and it was just kind of a breeze and it felt really nice. It also, I guess, kind of surprised me. Like I thought maybe driving through it wouldn't feel that way. Like I guess I perceived Nashville as feeling a little bit gentler, I suppose. But the energy did kind of feel like you're saying Detroit. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Or it just felt like any other major city. And so with that said, Jason, given that you have lived in Detroit and Los Angeles and neither feel like a fit, then I could see why Nashville wouldn't really feel like a fit for you in that sense. Speaking of not being a fit, yes, I did bring up Texas. And I know I've joked about it, Whitney, and I know I keep joking about it. And I do because it's becoming so cliche. It's just no disrespect to any of our friends that have, and we have had many friends and acquaintances and associates that have moved out. No disrespect. Your choice is your choice. In my opinion, it's almost becoming a meme how many people are going to Austin and Dallas specifically. But I digress. I said, all right, for shits and giggles again, let's look at Austin. And I also noticed on my chart that there was some interesting stuff around Fort Worth. Okay. So Austin, Fort Worth. He said, yeah, um, there's a lot of rage there for you. (laughs) He used that word specifically, Whitney. He said, you're going to feel a lot of aggression there. He said, so I really, your instincts about not going there, even though there are different reasons because you just see so many people moving there. He said, I think your intuition is spot on because there's going to be a lot of angry, rage, aggressive energy there for you. (laughs) That's so funny because I had a very different experience in Austin this time, this time meaning when I was there on this road trip versus other times I had been to Austin. And it kind of changed my opinion of it a bit. Like, first of all, energetically driving into Austin also felt, well, I got there pretty late at night. So it actually was fine when I drove in there. But I did drive around various parts of Austin that I'd never been to before. A, it's a lot bigger than I always perceived it in the past. And B, talk about intense energy on the highways. Like, there's a lot of people there. And it just like, felt big, which really was not what I was expecting. On the other hand, I did spend time in areas that are technically part of Austin, but like not in the downtown. And I didn't even know those places existed. And they were really cool. But I didn't feel any desire to move there after spending two and a half days there and after going there on previous trips. So I'm still perplexed, Jason, as to why so many people are moving there. Like, I don't understand the draw either. And I guess that kind of hectic energy with like lots of people there, I could see how that would give you some rage too. And I don't know what would appeal to you as Jason about living in Austin. Like, I don't know what that would benefit you? Like, how would that be that different from LA given 
So many people from LA are moving there. So you're going to have a lot of that same human being energy. And then the weather being kind of intense at times. And I don't think you would like that, especially the heat. I think that would drive you crazy. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I guess I could see how you get a little rage from living there and maybe just annoyed. Like, I don't know if you want to live somewhere that's cliche. I don't want to live somewhere that's cliche. And this whole conversation of visiting a place and resonating with it versus living there is a quantum leap. And the two times that I've been to Austin, once was back in 2015 when you and I did the Vita Vegan Con, which was such a fun time. I loved that trip. That was a really fun road trip. Agreed. Oh, yeah. I forgot you drove out there with our friends Jeff and Vince. I flew out there, but I do agree that that trip was really fun. Yeah. And And I loved that experience of Austin that time around. For sure. It was like, ooh, I like the vibe here. And I remember us walking a lot and investigating downtown and all the live music and the great vegan food and the community. And I went back again in 2019 because I had the blessing and it was amazing to get invited to speak on a panel at South by Southwest. I'd never been to South by. And when I was playing in bands years ago, it was one of my dreams to be an artist at South by Southwest. And it happened very differently. It didn't happen through music. It happened through wellness. But it was sort of a pseudo dream come true in the sense of like, I'm finally making it to South by and I'm going to be a speaker here. And it was a magical experience. Just being there for South by, the amount of bands and musicians that absolutely blew my mind, even just people on the street that would set up on outside of a bar. I remember thinking, how are there so many good musicians here? It was incredible. Food was mind-blowing. I stayed in a tiny house while I was there. And I got to be in Austin for, I think it was like nine days. And, and in that time, I really took big chunks out of the city in the sense of trying new things, meeting people, making new contacts in the wellness industry and the music industry. And I thought, man, this is a phenomenal place. I had a deeper experience of Austin than I had back in 2015 when we went there. And I started thinking like, well, okay, the music scene here is huge. The food scene, some of the restaurants were just unbelievable. We have colleagues there. The cost of living, at least right now, Angelina was going to change that shit as they do. The cost of living was much lower. And there's a great tiny house scene there. So I thought, okay, music, food, community, tiny houses, maybe I'll do Austin. But it shifted wit in the sense that there's just so many fucking Angelinos and New Yorkers moving there. No disrespect, Angelinos and New Yorkers, but so many of you are moving there. It's going to change it. It's going to. It has to. Because the flavor of Austin and what makes Austin unique and weird, it's going to change with that many people going. It has to. So if the flavor of Austin was kept intact, that would be one thing. But I'm hedging my bets and saying, with that many New Yorkers and Angelinos moving there, it's going to change things. For the better or for the worse, who knows? Hey, 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 we're going to pause for a brief moment to remind you to enter our holiday giveaway and podcast anniversary cornucopia of amazing prizes that are coming your way. You've heard us mention a lot of great brands in the podcast here, and we have partnered with so many in our holiday giveaway, including Brush With Bamboo, New Wave Enviro, Hop Chocolate, The Bitter Housewife, Sun Warrior, V-Dog. There's so many incredible brands in this package. Peak tea is included as well. Peak tea. And you know what? It's part of our season of giving. We feel like being super generous. Why? Because we've had a hard MF in year, okay? Everyone's just been like, oh, when is this going to be over? But you know what? There's something about receiving gifts 
and love and nourishment that just makes getting through this whole craziness just a whole lot easier. So we're excited to have you enter. Whitney, what's that URL again? Well, I'm not going to spell it this time again because I don't want to mess it up. Although maybe I will. Maybe sometimes it's good to get back up and try something. So here we go. The URL is wellevator.com slash giveaway. It's a very easy word to spell, although you could still mess it up like I did. So let me try this again. W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R dot com backslash G-I-V-E-A-W-A-Y. I did it, Jason. Nailed it. Nailed it. I think one thing that would be appealing for you and, and one of the reasons one of my good friends moved there is the pricing. I mean, you can get so much bang for your buck there right now. I mean, again, that could drastically change due to all the people moving there. And it was challenging for my friend to even find property to buy and build a house because it was being bought up so quickly. But they were fortunate, her and her husband, to find a really amazing place to build a home. and. Now they get to construct it from scratch. And the cost of that home, I think, including the property, is going to be about the same price as their home outside of Los Angeles. But now they get to do it completely custom made and much larger. And to them, that was like a huge perk of it. And I think that's one of the things that you often kind of complain about with LA is just that cost of living. And it's true with New York and San Francisco and a lot of those cities where it's just really expensive to have the quality of life that you want versus a city like Austin, you get a lot more. So I still think it's worth considering, Jason, but I also agree with you that it might take some time to even know if that's a place that you want to be. And where are you going to go in the meantime? I guess, (laughs) do you wait it out in Los Angeles? I guess this brings me back to still being unsure about why you want to leave LA so badly. Like I think that still feels a bit unclear to me. Like Now that we're going through all these different places that you could live and weighing all them out, if you're trading LA for Austin, let's say, yes, you'll get more bang for your buck in terms of where you live. But if the people are similar and there's similar types of restaurants and all this other stuff, it's like my friends basically say there's two main differences between Austin and LA. (laughs) The positive difference is less money. But the negative difference is that you're not by the beach. Like other than that, like, from what I've heard, that's like, (laughs) how you would describe Boston versus LA. And I just wonder, like, are you okay with that trade off? And if those are kind of a wash for you, like, what's the big draw to moving away from LA? Well, I just want to say, first of all, I'm not seriously considering Austin for the reasons I mentioned, but it is interesting kind of getting that very pragmatic feedback of, okay, it's less expensive, but we don't have the ocean. All right, fair enough. For me, it's that I could justify the cost of living here just like I justified the cost of living when I lived in New York and the cost of living in Chicago and when I lived in the Bay Area. Other than growing up in Detroit, which is still incredibly affordable, I have chosen to live in some of the most expensive cities, not just in the US, but the world. And I know that for me, at least in the past, I was willing to do that, Whitney, because of the desire to find connections to have a TV show and be more in entertainment and build my brand and boost my career. And it felt like living in 
Chicago, New York, Bay Area, LA were the places to build those resources, those connections, that experience, right? When I was in my 20s and 30s. And I'm 43 now, and I feel like my priorities are shifting in the sense that I don't necessarily see any stopping technology and digital media being decentralized the way that it is now, in the sense that having virtual auditions and making money by posting content on social media, or you and I finally figuring out, all right, we can do this podcast and do it in some ways more efficiently remotely than we did in person. And it comes down to me asking, are my reasons for being in LA justifying the cost of living here? And in the past, it was absolutely. That's why I stayed. But I don't think that that's the case for me anymore in the sense that I'm not pursuing an acting career, although it's nice that I book a few commercials a year. That's cool. But I'm not hardcore focused on it. I'm not hardcore focused on getting another TV series. And if I look at my income and I look at the revenue generation, none of it is dependent on physically being in LA. Well, I don't want to say none. A very, very slim, slim margin is dependent on being here. What keeps me here? Familiarity and my community, the group of friends and people that I love like family here are what keep me here. And I have different goals now. I want to buy property. I want to have land. I want to grow my own food. I want to have a homestead that I'm going to set down roots in. And pragmatism being what it is, interestingly, I was hoping that COVID was going to tank the market in LA, but it's actually done the opposite. I was reading in LA Times a few weeks ago that the median home price in Los Angeles County, the median price is over $700,000 for the first time in history, the median price of a house in Los Angeles. Now, the way that economics are going, right? That's a really, really sizable down payment. That's a super sizable monthly mortgage. I mean, a baseline of 700K is no joke. That's no joke. For some people, it might not be. For me, that's not a realistic proposition right now. And it may not be a realistic proposition. And even if I had the money, would I want to go spend seven, eight hundred, nine hundred thousand on a two bedroom? In Silver Lake. Whereas, like you're saying, your friends in Austin, whoa, I could take that same 700 grand and get acreage somewhere and land and have multiple structures. And it's a whole different ballgame. I guess what I'm saying is the price of living here, not to mention the 13.8% personal income tax. And I've mentioned the fact that I get taxed four times here. It's just economically, Whitney, it's making less and less sense for me to be here. Really, it's that simple and that pragmatic. So investigating places, right? As we go down this line talking about Texas and Nashville, there are a few others that you'll be like, okay, that makes sense. And then there's one other sort of dark horse that I was like, ooh, I think a road trip is in order. So the other obvious ones that you might shake your head at, Colorado. Every time I've been to Colorado, I feel like it is a breath of fresh air, literally and metaphorically. There's something about the water and the air and the energy of Colorado, not just even the major places like Denver or even Boulder, but just driving through Colorado, which you and I did a couple of years ago on our road trip was like, oh my God, this feels so good being here. There's just something so refreshing about the energy in Colorado. So I asked the astrocartographer about it. He said, okay, it's decent. He said, there's a strong Neptune line that runs through. 
which means that if you go to Colorado, it's going to influence your ideals. Like it's going to strengthen your sense of ideals that you have in your life. You may have high magical experiences and that doesn't mean on drugs. He just said that there's going to be potentially magical experiences there, but it's going to amplify you chasing things. And I said to him, what do you mean amplify chasing things? He said, well, material things, if you're trying to sort of disengage your ego from chasing material things, he said, Colorado will actually amplify your desire to chase material things, which I thought was really interesting. So the other place that was like, a, oh, okay, right on, was Northern California. Wait, let's go back to Colorado, Colorado. for okay. a second. Okay, okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to expand upon that more. No, no, no. Whenever I've reflected on where I would live, well, I shouldn't say whenever. Recently, this year, 2020, especially during and after my road trip, I was reflecting on like, well, out of all the places I've gone, where could I see myself living? Because that was part of the draw, I think, to doing a cross-country trip. I'm always kind of fascinated to see like if my heart is being pulled to a new place. And Colorado was definitely, like you're saying, Jason, the place that activated me the most. And I'm not sure that I would want to live someplace with snow. Again, you and I have both gone through that in our lives. And uh, it's not super pleasant to me. But I think the places that I would live would probably be Boulder or Denver, you know, someplace around there. And it doesn't seem like the snow is as big of a deal as it is in Chicago or Detroit or Massachusetts places that we've lived. So maybe that's not as big of a deal. And I think that Denver and Boulder both have a lot of the things that you and I enjoy about cities like Los Angeles. There's great people there and there's access to all sorts of restaurants and grocery stores and all that stuff that we like food-wise. Plus you have the benefit of nature and it just feels like a slower place. And so I feel like a lot of the things that I've enjoyed about cities like Austin and Portland and San Francisco, a lot of them I felt in those areas. And it doesn't quite have the hectic feeling of Los Angeles or New York City. So, I mean, I'd be thrilled if you chose Colorado, Jason. You know, that's a place that I could see myself moving to and being a little bit pulled there because I think that is an important thing to note. And it really didn't occur to me quite so strongly until this last road trip. Because I remember as well, when you and I drove through those areas on our 2019 road trip. And this year, I was like so excited to drive through the highway that brings you through the mountains in Colorado. Like there's this beautiful moment when you come out of Utah and you go into Colorado and suddenly it's just like, wow, like the trees change and like it's still magnificent like Utah is and yet in a slightly different way. And like, remember those towns that we drove through when we were taking the Tesla to go charging, Jason? Like one of our favorite charge stops was that one that had the hiking trail and the little garden that you could walk through. And it was like, how is this a charging station? <laughs> you know, it was so magical. And I went back there on this road trip and it was exactly like I remembered it and the hot springs. And remember that sweet little town where we literally had the best water 
of our entire road trip and we couldn't get over how great the water was. <laughs> I mean, we had so much fun in Boulder and Denver and in Red Rocks, like all those places, I agree, are really magical and they have been time and time again. And that is something to pay attention to. But it's interesting if this conflicts with some of the recommendations that you're getting. Well, it does in the sense that I mentioned there was kind of a contrast between my chart and Laura, my partner's chart, whereas Colorado looks pretty favorable to me, except for maybe the stickiness of chasing material things. For her, it was really unstable energy, like exciting, but not stable, and that she would potentially have trouble in her profession and finding like really grounding energy there. So again, it's interesting you do this not only as an individual, but for you, dear listener, if this is piquing your curiosity and you have a partner, boyfriend, girlfriend, significant other, it could be interesting to do this jointly and see what comes up. Well, let me ask you something else on that note, Jason. It's like, do you feel like at this stage in your relationship with Laura that you want to base where you move on her? Like, Especially if this might be a long-term decision for you. Because you guys have been together for less than a year and you're not engaged, you're not currently living together. Does it really make sense for you to make a decision based on it being perfect for her? I think it's really nice, but I think for you at this stage, given your relationship status, like maybe you need to make a decision on your own, right? Or am I wrong on this? Like, what if you move somewhere with her and you broke up and now you're like, great, like I have a one year lease and now I need to stay or she's got to stay. To be honest with you, I haven't thought that far ahead because what I'm trying to do is get really clear about what's really super resonant for me. And if I really think about the places I have been to, because again, I mentioned that there's sort of one final secret place that was like, ooh, interesting. If I really just kind of take this list and this reading, not as gospel, right? Not like, okay, astrocartography and Western astrology is the gospel. Some people believe that it is. I'm not that heavily invested in it. I did this more out of curiosity to see if the places that I resonate with kind of on a gut level were reflected in this reading, right? And also for Laura too, just to see like, okay, are any places that you feel on a gut level attracted to resonant for you? So for me, I feel like, again, Colorado is a place that I feel there's some really interesting energy and there's a magnetism there, but I'm not, how do I say this? When I wanted to move to New York, I was really clear I wanted to move to New York. When I moved to Chicago, it was like, I'm moving to Chicago. When I moved to LA, I'm definitely moving to LA. It was like, I don't give a shit. That's where I'm going. So for me, I know that wherever I'm going next, and if we do go together, that it's going to be this energy of like, yep, we got to trust our guts, right? No matter what this says or the experts say, I think ultimately our personal intuition has to be the thing, for me at least, that I listen to. So in that sense, the places that I have felt super like, mm, that feels juicy, were Colorado, Oregon, and Washington. Now, I mentioned Canada and Vancouver Island being like a real major power center. I mean, that remains to be seen. I got to travel there. But the places I have traveled to, for some reason, wit, like the Pacific Northwest feels super good to me. Being close to the ocean, having a ton of nature, lower cost of living, being close to Canada. Is it chillier there? Sure. Is it massive, crazy snow? No. So I think on a gut level, like Colorado and the Pacific Northwest so far are the places where I'm like, hmm, yum. The other dark horse though, and this is funny because 
I briefly texted you this the other day. Our two of our closest friends, Michael and Ariana, who live in Philadelphia, were like, you got to move to Philly. There's this house for sale on our block, and it's so amazing. And I love Philadelphia. I don't know if I would live there. I have to spend more time there. But whenever I've been to Philadelphia or you and I have been on our trips to the Natural Products Expo, I dig Philly, man. Like As far as an East Coast city, I think Philly is dope. I agree. I love the experience that I've had. And I've always been a bit surprised by that because Philly wasn't a, an area that I thought to go too much until I was introduced to Mike and Ari through you. And now we're going to be naturally brought there, pun intended, assuming the Natural Products Expo still continues. I mean, gosh, God forbid it, it is completely shut down thanks to the pandemic. But I believe it's still on track for continuing and the intention is for it to be in Philadelphia once a year. And I mean, I'd be thrilled, but who knows when that's going to happen again. So it's not like you can wait around for that moment. I think that Philly does combine like the best of all East Coast cities because it feels a bit like New York, a bit like Boston, a bit like Baltimore, like all these places that we really love combined into one place. And you've got some incredible people there. And I think that really is one of the keys, Jason, is thinking about who lives where. I know you are really into the Pacific Northwest and you've talked about that a ton. I hear that Vancouver is incredible. That's one place I have never been that I'm really eager to go to and I kick myself for the opportunities I've missed to go there. There's something about it energetically that I'm like, ooh, I want to go there so badly. I've been to Portland a few times and Seattle, I think twice now. Neither one of those cities calls to me. And I don't know, I feel pretty strongly for some reason, Jason, about you not moving to Portland. <laughs> like, for some reason, I get this intense, like, intuition, like, you would go there and maybe you'd be really depressed. Like, that's another question is, A, do you know anyone in Portland that you feel super close to like you do with Mike and Ari in Philly or Jay and Joy in Asheville or maybe some people in Austin? Having close people is important to you. You're an extroverted person. And once you're able to socialize more, that's going to be very important to you, Jason. You love to go to parties. You love to be out and about and socialize. And I think that's a huge consideration. So A, my question is, do you know anyone that you'd be really thrilled to connect with right off the bat? Because as we know, it takes time to meet people. This was one of my biggest challenges when I lived in San Francisco. I knew a few people there and I was there with my boyfriend, but overall, it was not easy for me to make friends the way that LA is. And when I came back to LA, I had this like cliche thing I would say all the time, which is, I have done more things in one month of returning to Los Angeles than I did in the entire year I lived in San Francisco. And that's because of all the people that I know in LA, plus LA as a social scene is very different. And even for me as an introvert, it was like such a relief to be able to socialize again versus San Francisco. I was like, gosh, like there's a couple people that I'll hang out with, but the vibe socially just did not fit me. And I think for you with your mental health, that that would be really challenging for you, Jason. And then also on the mental health side of things, would you be okay with that weather? Going back to weather considerations, I don't think you will do really well in any extreme temperature, whether it's snow, 
rain or intense heat, all three of those I think would trigger you. And given that a lot of the Pacific Northwest is very known for having a lot of rain, a lot of fog and kind of these gloomy days, do you think you'd be okay with that so frequently? I think that I would appreciate the contrast, to be honest with you, in the sense that LA keeps getting hotter and hotter. The wildfires are batshit crazy here every year now. It's dry as fuck. Like, again, I don't mean to be LA hater. There are parts I love about LA, but it's just, I kind of want, I'm craving something different, Whitney. I really, really am. I don't know that I want. I mean, it's clear that you're craving something different in contrast, but I'm really serious when I ask that question about the weather. Like, do you actually think you could handle that much gloomy weather a year? Mm, I don't know. Maybe there are places that have more sun, right? Like as an example, I was researching Oregon and a place like Bend seems to have more days of sunlight than a place like Portland, the more north you go. Or a place like Ashland seems to be sunnier than a place like Portland or Vancouver. So maybe it's, it's again, for me, almost like this intuition of getting in a car, going on a road trip and feeling these places out. Really like feeling into this because there's the theoretical kind of examination of like, oh, I wonder what it would be like to live there. And of course, you don't know till you live there. But I think spending a good amount of time investigating is the next step for me. And again, maybe there are cities within these states that have more sun or more hospitable weather than other cities. And I'm sure that's the case. I think I'm still very much in the research phase of all this, Whitney, of collecting information. And again, I think the ultimate thing is just trusting intuition and trusting the gut. That's, I really think, as much research and as much advice from an astrologer, astrocartographer as there can be, I think initially, like I said, it's got to be this strong feeling of like, I know I'm meant to move to this place, just basing that on the places I've moved in the past. So as we get closer to wrapping up this episode, Wit, I did want to throw two other places. One was Northern California, apparently around Wilbur Springs, like north of Mendocino, kind of between Mendocino and Mount Shasta. There's this really high visibility of a sun and moon crossing where it's going to amplify my creativity, my visibility professionally, increase my emotional fluency, and hone my intuition. And I thought that's a really cool combination of things. Again, Northern California, not necessarily less expensive than LA, and there's also a shit ton of wildfires there. So I love the energy in Marin County. I love the energy in Sonoma County. I've spent a ton of time up there, and I love the vibe. But again, cost of living and weather, not sure. But apparently, there's some super high vibes there energetically for me in terms of astrology. All right. So here's the place that I was teasing that was kind of like way out of left field that I definitely want to take a road trip to because I've never been to this state. I've never really even been... Well, I've been kind of close in Colorado, but not really. Wyoming. Wyoming had some major mojo. He said specifically, look at Cheyenne or Laramie, Wyoming because there is tons of community waiting for you there, okay? And there's a lot of magic and material abundance waiting for you because there's a Neptune and Venus crossing. Now, for me, that was like, I've never thought to visit Wyoming, although I've wanted to. There's sort of a handful of states with like the Dakotas I've never been. I've never been to Idaho. Um, and I've never been to Montana or Wyoming. Those are like the states I've just, I've never gone to. So it was immediately curious because I thought like, hmm, 
well, Wyoming is close to Colorado. It's right on the border. And maybe I could have like a semi-cool city experience living in a place like Cheyenne. But again, I don't know. What I'm saying is 2021, there's going to be some road trips. There's got to be some road trips because I want to go check these places out. But that was definitely one of the dark horse choices. Like, huh, you don't say Wyoming. He's like, dude, you got to check out Wyoming. I thought, okay, add to the list. Add to the list. Have you been through Wyoming? No. Well, wait, sorry. I take that back. Yes, I have. (laughs) I forgot, but I've only driven through it. And it was on this road trip as I was going to Mount Rushmore. So yeah, it's right above Colorado. So you go up through Fort Collins, Colorado, and that leads you into Wyoming pretty soon. And Leanne and I drove through like the entire east side of Wyoming from north to south because that leads you into South Dakota where... Wait, did I say north to south? South to north. (laughs) is what I meant. Uh, We drove north up into South Dakota. I mean, that part of Wyoming is really hard to judge the state by. That's the only part I've been to. I've never been to Yellowstone where I really want to go. But it just basically felt like kind of the middle of nowhere. That was the sense I had. Like It was just a lot of flat land. And the same thing is true with South Dakota as well, except for like Mount Rushmore. Obviously, there's a lot of mountainous areas there. So it's hard to say, Jason. I certainly wouldn't rule it out. Like people rave about Wyoming. It sounds like a really cool state. And, you know, cool could be literal as well because there's definitely snow there too. So that is interesting. What part of Wyoming was suggested? He said specifically look at Cheyenne or Laramie. So, of course, I went on Zillow and Trulia and was kind of looking at house prices and how much land you get. And you get a really nice amount of land and some really nice houses for 50% of what you would pay here. So that's an appealing thing for me, getting more land, getting a house, again, having a grounding homestead feels really good, especially for half of the price of what I would pay for something smaller in LA. So I go back to, I think 2021 is going to be a year of road trips. It's going to be a year of, I don't know how much plane travel, we don't know, but currently it's still really cool to jump in a car and go. So I think it's going to be a year of investigation and experimentation and legitimately wit. I'm open to being surprised. I'm keeping an open mind to a place like Wyoming that maybe it'll blow me away. I have no idea. But I think for me, keeping an open attitude about all of this and a curious attitude is the best thing. And this has made me curious with places like Wyoming, places like the Big Island, places like South Korea. There's been these dark horse kind of out of the box places through this astrocartography reading that I thought, hmm, I'm going to go visit and check it out. I'm not in a rush. I'm not like I need to get the hell out of LA right now. I don't want to make a rush decision. I don't want to make a decision out of desperation. I want to visit a place and again, have that feeling as we get close to wrapping this that okay, I know this is the place I'm meant to go next. And when I have that deep gut feeling, I'm going to trust it. Well, it's interesting that those places that you were recommended to check out are areas I've been through. (laughs) And Cheyenne is right past the Colorado border and not that far from Fort Collins. And I'm trying to look up some pictures right now to see if I have any um, visual representation because I don't remember what Cheyenne was like whatsoever. So that is a little bit of a question mark for me. (laughs) 
<laughs> like, uh, but it was snowing when I was driving through there, even though it was the beginning of September, there was a freak cold front and I was in a ton of snow. Okay, let's see here. I feel like I went to a charging station over there, but it doesn't look like I took any pictures in Cheyenne, which is not that far from Laramie. I do remember that I was planning on going through that area. We were going to actually camp over there. Thank goodness we didn't because the weather was nuts. Um, But my pictures from outside of Cheyenne was pretty far north once I started taking pictures again. It's all super flat. (laughs) Like you, you have to be okay with that. And I just, I don't know. I don't know, Jason. And it's interesting too, because we did drive through Cheyenne. I don't know if we stopped there to charge the car at all. I don't think we did, but I don't remember anything about it. You know how I have all these memories of how I felt driving through different parts of the country? Zero recollection of what it was like to drive through Cheyenne, which I think is really interesting. <laughs> it's sort of like, it's sort okay. of like an unremarkable date you went on years ago and be like, oh yeah, that guy, that right. guy. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, did I stop there to charge my car? All I remember from that part of my trip was that my car felt like it was falling apart because the weather was so bad. And I had this tear, as you know, Jason, but the listener might not know the story. There was a literally part of the base of my car was falling apart, not in a dangerous way, but what is that called? That cover, Jason? Undercarriage cover or something? Yeah, exactly. So that was like falling apart. That's an issue that's very common for the Model 3, especially in bad weather. So rain and snow and will kind of start to degrade it and it rips easily. And like, I don't know exactly how it happened. (laughs) My memories of driving through that part of the country are the crazy snow that I was not expecting coupled with the fact that I was so overcome with frustration that my car felt like it was falling apart and I could like hear the piece underneath it flapping around the wind. Like, (laughs) I guess perhaps it was not a good time to assess that part of the country because all I remember is feeling a lot of anxiety. And I think ultimately that's The thing you got to pay attention to is how you feel. And I'm very much a feeling person to kind of tie this episode back up in a bow. I'm very watery in my astrology. I'm a Cancer. I have a Pisces moon. I have many planets that are in water signs and I feel very deeply. And as we've mentioned in other episodes, I'm a very sensitive person. I'm very in touch with my emotions. And I think ultimately, Whitney, that's what it comes down to is you've got to see how you feel in a place. And that's one reason why I'm looking at leaving LA next year is I don't feel as good being in LA. I feel kind of sad here now. And the sadness, I'm not blaming LA, but I don't feel like the things that made me joyful being in LA, the aspects of LA are bringing me joy other than the people. The people are really the big reason why I stay, to be honest. We got some bamboo toothbrushes for your teeth, some V-dog treats for your friends with four feet. We <laughs> I'm trying to make a song and I'm failing. This is so unlike me. We got a holiday giveaway with some sun warrior collagen to build your plump, beautiful, glowing skin so that maybe when you start dating again in 2021, you're going to win. We also have some sparkling bitter sodas that you'll feel in your mouth and down in your scrotas. Oh my God, I can't believe I just used the word scrotas. <laughs> Can we keep that in? Maybe that's inappropriate. Maybe it's not. 
Maybe it's not. I we think have- we should keep it in. That's why the show is called This Might Get Uncomfortable. <laughs> we have so many incredible gifts that you can win in our holiday giveaway and our podcast anniversary extravaganza. I've never used the word extravaganza here on the podcast, but there's a first time for everything. You know, Whitney, we've got CBD in the mix. We've got some amazing granola. We've got some eco-friendly storage wear. We've got just so much cool stuff. Just a boatload. A boat storage load. wear. Well, I don't know. Well, like eco-friendly to-go wear stuff you can put your food in. Oh, yeah. Stuff you That's can put good. Is Honestly, good. It's, it's really good. And I think you and I either own all of these products ourselves or have tried it at least once. And I'm very grateful for each of them in our lives. We went and curated a list of brands that we've raved about here on the podcast and uh, have been generous with us. We wanted them to be generous with you too, as a listener, especially if you've been with us from the beginning, if you listen to most shows, if you've been sharing it, leaving reviews, we feel like you deserve a reward. And, And really, as Jason was saying, this has been a tough year. The holidays are different this year. Let's mix it up. Let's have some fun. Let's bring some joy to each other's lives and give you a chance. We've got a number of prizes, too, for a variety of winners. There's not just one winner in this giveaway. There are six. So your chances are high if you go to wellevator.com slash giveaway. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R dot com slash G-I-V-E-A-W-A-Y. I really struggle with spelling sometimes and pronunciations, just like you might struggle with singing a song after you have an idea. That's part of being vulnerable and growing as a human being is putting yourself out there even when it's embarrassing. So thank you for singing, Jason. I love your songs. I hope the listener does too. And I really hope the listeners go and check out this giveaway because it's really, really good. This is an ongoing exploration. It's another reason why I'm not making a rush decision or a desperate decision or you know, LA's going to hell and I need to leave now. I, I'm very intentional and very mindful about feeling my way into this situation. And for you, dear listener, if you are curious about astrocartography, astrology readings, a lot of the resources we mentioned digging deeper into this, we will link to a lot of resources in the show notes. I'll have information about astrocartography, where I got my reading, some different research resources for you to dig in and find a little bit more about it. But if you've been considering relocating or making a home in a different place from where you are now, I think getting an astrocartography reading is, again, I don't find it to be the gospel or the end-all be-all, but it is fascinating to see if your personal astrology lines up with your gut feelings about a specific place. So in summary, hoping that 2021 is going to be a big travel year, lots of road trips, hopefully some plane travel, and hopefully you and I, Whitney, getting back to doing a lot of the festivals and conferences and things that we have loved and missed doing from the past 12 months. So with that said, dear listener, go to our website. Again, it's wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. You can go there and click on the podcast section. You will find the show notes for this episode and links to all of our previous episodes. And if you want to email us directly, maybe you've got some interesting insights, or maybe you live in some of the locations we've mentioned in this episode, you can shoot us a direct email to hello at wellevator.com or shoot us at DM on our Instagram account, which is at wellevator. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, all the big social media platforms, although we got the mojo flowing on Instagram in a big way right now. So whether it's email, whether it's DM, whether it's commenting on the show notes, we always love hearing from you. Thanks so much for getting uncomfortable with us. 
and exploring all of these random, beautiful aspects of life. And we will be back soon with another episode. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening and getting out of your comfort zone with us today. For show notes and more high-performance resources to help you thrive, go to Wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com.